Welcome to the Difference Makers podcast presented by Waterproof. I'm your host, Justin Tamani. In this podcast, you'll hear from some of the top coaches, brand managers, and athletes on earth. From starting out to where they are now, we'll explore the journey of how they became a Difference Maker. Before we keep going, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast platform to hear more from the Difference Makers. All right, guys, we are live. This is the Difference Makers podcast. My name is Justin Tamani. I'll be your host today. Today we have with us Nemo Colic, but that's that's not his real name. That's a nickname. Nemo, how do you say your real name? So my real name is Nemanja, uh, Serbian name, very Serbian name. So yeah, Nemanja, and then someone gave me that nickname in university because they didn't want to struggle with it so they said nemo <laughs> you're a swimmer and we're going to call you nemo yeah so <laughs> nemo is a former national level swimmer with serbia he's also the head coach of train sink or swim and brute strength swim coach so welcome to the show nemo thanks for joining us thanks justin so how did you get started so these are all very disconnected things like you swam for serbia mm-hmm. and then you, train sink or swim is based out of the Toronto area. And then brute strength is based out of, uh, is it Naples? Uh, no. So that that's where the headquarters is getting started now. I think where some athletes are going to, but I believe it's, it's out of like the States, but I guess the owner, I guess it started in Utah, right? Because it's I think like it was brute. Utah where it started. Right. Yeah. So that's where it started. And then, yeah, now it's like everywhere. Yeah. Right. So. So how did you get your start in like you're a uh, former national level swimmer and then you started train sink or swim and what was the purpose of, of starting train sink or swim? All great name, by the way. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, I think so too. Sometimes I think back, I'm like, should have I done it like swim fit or something, but uh, no, no train sink or swim. I I love it till this day still. Um, Yeah. So we started, uh so i retired in 2016 uh and i had known about crossfit while i was swimming um while i was competing uh, we had a coach that would make us do uh a workout every month that was meant to like challenge us mentally and it was like a mental toughness kind of thing so i think the first workout i did was filthy 50 like just random i didn't even know anything about it and then the next one was Murph and he went and like that coach told us the whole story behind Murph. And I was like a very inspirational thing. So mm. after doing those workouts, as you know, it really like piques your interest. I'm like, where is this coming from? And so I got into like looking into CrossFit and I knew when I was competing that when I stopped competing and swimming, that I would join a CrossFit gym because I couldn't obviously do it while I was yeah. still competing because of the specifics of swimming. but I just loved everything about the community and the training behind it. And if you know me, I just like to push myself to the limit. Justin, you might know that. I (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um, So after 2016, uh, I took a week to go to visit Japan as a vacation. And I told myself when I came back, you know what, this is the fittest I'll ever be. It was right after Olympic trials. And I don't want to lose that. I hate the like come up after you've taken a lot of time from training. So I'm like, I'm just going to join a gym. And then I joined your gym uh, and walked through those doors. And I was like really excited. And that's kind of my real introduction to CrossFit. Um, 
And so after I think like a year of being at the gym, one of the coaches there uh, wanted to learn to swim. And I said, oh, okay, I'll help you out. Come to a lane swim. And mm -hmm. for me as a coach, um, because after I retired from uh, swimming, I also started coaching competitive swimmers. Yep. And so I, I like working with all types of athletes um, and not necessarily athletes, just anyone, right? That's like looking to progress. So I helped them out and I thought it was so interesting because it, the CrossFit, the typical CrossFit athlete, um, just their body is different than a swimmer's, right? Where they yeah. carry their weight. And so I found that to be a, the challenge that I wanted to, you know, go into and see, okay, can I make someone that has like probably more of their weight in their lower body um, to swim properly? So I did that for like a month with this uh, coach and they actually saw some progress. And I think at that same time, there was a few uh, teams from the gym that were qualified to Wadapalooza. Uh, you were on one of those teams yep. um, in the elite category. And then there was some in the intermediate uh, category or whatever yep. category it was called. And so we just rented pool time and said, hey, I'll help you guys out leading up to Wadapalooza. And so that's kind of my introduction of swimming and CrossFit, like marrying it together. Um, and from there, Train Singer Swim started after you guys competed at Wadapalooza. Uh, I just wanted to continue it and continue to help crossfitters uh, force events that had swimming. At that time, it was really only Wadapalooza and the games. Yeah. So now you're you're lo you're leaving out a small part of this story in that it wasn't just me that was there and and you know the intermediate guys. Uh, Patrick Vellner was also one of the the guys that was swimming and was coming up with your. Uh, he was on the yeah. the beginning of the train sinker yeah. swim team. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. Pat came in, I can't remember if he came in with you guys at Waterpalooza, but uh, he we started to work with them around the time, let's say like about January or February or something after like that. Yeah. Uh, because, I mean, I had known him from the gym. Mm -hmm. I'd seen his performances at the games. He's He was known for not being the swimmer. Um, <laughs> and so... You know, I just approached him and said, hey, like, uh, I think I can help you. Uh, and so Pat's a very, uh, he's the type of athlete that likes important person coaching. Yeah. So he came out to those sessions once a week. And I think, yeah, we were really proud where we got everyone to what level we were able to get them to. So, for example, Pat had his best finish at the games that year when we worked together. Um, sorry, best finish in the swim event. I think it was his best finish on the podium that year too. He was second and he placed 20th in the swim event, which was pretty huge um, yeah. coming from like a 34th finish the uh, year before that. So yeah, anyways, it was honestly an amazing experience to work with like athletes of all calibers from someone at like Pat's level and someone that's, you know, just wanting to compete for fun, right? So it that was like an awesome first you know experience of yeah. having crossfitters swim that was uh yeah that was the year we also trained a lot at the lake leading up mm -hmm. to the games in 18 right 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 yeah and i'm just remembering this but one of those sessions remember we were there and that tree fell on a house 
<laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, we were doing like swim and run uh, intervals or something. Yeah, and, then and the a tree, tree literally fell on a house. <laughs> Not a small tree either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you think of going to a lake with a, a bunch of CrossFitters, you think, okay, let's like have no one drown and stuff like that. Yeah, and not thinking about a a tree falling, <laughs> people. No. But uh, no, no, it was it was great. Yeah, I I think honestly those are such memorable moments in in the startup yeah. of all of this. And again, like I feel very very fortunate and lucky that I don't think a lot of people know this, but solid ground at that time was just like a mecca of like people trying new things and starting new things up. Like just yeah. from like. I know uh, Arian was on your podcast so from like K Nutri and he was yeah. one of those athletes that came out and like, you know, Pat being there and all these. So it was like a flood of people wanting to like just progress in ways. And it was so fun to have everyone like swimming as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great time. Like, like you're saying, like everybody was just trying to break through and make it and do different things with like, I had my, you know, like my gradient yes, movement, my gradient remote coaching. Movement, yeah. You had train sinker swim, Nemo, um, not Nemo. Arian had his K Nutri and yeah. uh, his keto uh, focus business at the time. Right. We, we were all just trying to grind to make it, and you know. But that was, in, it, I think, we all fed off of each other from that, yeah. right? Because everyone was always like, "Hey, I did this thing," and they're like, "Damn, that was sick!" And then yeah. like, "Hey, like I did this," and it was just like a constant, like, you know again, just an environment conducive to growth. And uh, I love that moment. Yeah. Look at man. So many good <laughs> memories looking back. I like, Hey, and we're still on up, man. We're all, yeah. we're all still doing it. Right. We're all still so, doing it. That's true. Yeah, that is true. Hey, so how did that lead you to brute strength? Yeah. So again, it's just one of those things where I think at the time, some people started to hear about who, like my uh, work with Pat and other athletes. And I guess not many people were doing swim specific training for CrossFitters where it was, there's programs out there that train your engine, right? So it's like yeah. running, swimming and biking or whatever else. Right. But our specific, our goal was to be just specific to swimming. And so I got some, coaches that reached out to me that uh, wanted me to work with them uh, with their programming company. And I think at that time, I just felt that if we were going to do that, I wanted to go be with a team that that was like their, their roots, you know, that, that mm -hmm. they seeked out coaches and specialists in their field and everyone was bringing their expertise and could put their like ego aside. Sometimes I find that, you know, when a lot of coaches are working with one athlete, it's really important to like be honest with what you know and what you don't. And then also putting your ego aside and not feeling like this is my athlete. This is, you know, all because of me. And I've had some run-ins like that in the past with athletes where uh, the coach wasn't communicative. So I'd be programming swim workouts and, you know, hey, like, what do you think about this? What are they doing next week so that I don't, you know, uh, run into things that are conflicting, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever, like, let's say they're like running on one day or like lifting on one day before they swim. And I'm like, well, that, that's going to affect them. And I don't want to affect what they're actually like 
also doing in the gym. So I think after doing some research, we, we found that brute strength was like that, that team. And yeah. so we reached out to them and we said, Hey, like, I think that we can help you out with the swim program. You guys have a gymnastics coach, a weightlifting coach, right? And a bunch of other coaches that are like specific to what they do. And we got to talking and that's how that, that relationship started. Yeah. Nice. And then now that's, I mean, that's been a few years now that you've been working with them, but looking at what Brute did, let's just say in the last few months, Wadapalooza, how many athletes did you have um, working with Brute Strength at Wadapalooza? Oh man, there's a ton. Uh, just, I guess from the elite, there was like an individual. So there's Dallin, Pepper, uh, Fee, uh, Phil Toon, James Frag, uh, Matt Poulin, and then on the team side, Kelsey Keel, and I'm probably forgetting someone. And I feel really bad, but uh, I, I know even Emma was supposed to compete there, but she had a little bit of a setback in Dubai with her back. Um, but she's also on the way up, so there was a lot. And then there's some in like the the lower uh, categories that were also competing. Yeah, but yeah, there was a big group. I mean, that's a solid group and everyone did pretty well with the, uh, the endurance events there and the, the swim event. Yeah. There, I mean, there's always, you know, you're always looking for how to keep improving. Some of them we just started working on with swimming. So I know like someone like fee or someone like Phil, um, that was their weaker events. Uh, and specifically with someone like Phil, he's such a strength athlete. Um, he comes from powerlifting, so that's something that he knows he needs to work on. And but you know, the improvements that he makes so quickly is pretty remarkable. Yeah. What um, what were some of those things that you noticed were some real positives that you saw from your athletes when they were swimming? Could you make those those yeah. connections from training to to competing and how they performed? Yeah, it, it's interesting because. You know, if you're not there at the event, like I wasn't there this year. And so, you know, the broadcast doesn't really show the swim that well, usually. Uh, Mm -hmm. The games does a pretty good job. But uh, at Wadapalooza, the way that they're panning in and out and you you don't see a lot like a long section of them swimming, maybe at the Mm -hmm. end of it. So basically, a lot of what I base it on is how do they look on the next implement? So it was the run, right? How confident are they going into the run? Where, how quickly did it get out of the water? So what um, part of the pack did they come out? Were they at the back of the pack, the front, you know, middle? And are they confident on that run afterwards? And so I think pretty much all of them showed that the swim gave them the comp, like they weren't, um, slowing down on the swim to be able to run better right so they all yeah. went into this unconfident uh i know so james came out first matt poolin came out third and they were all in a pack with i think taylor self so they all came out and they finished uh james finished second matt poolin finished third uh same with dallin right um mm-hmm. he was probably probably in the middle pack um but again with his bummed ankle from day one uh he he still was like confidently like able to come out and run so 
that that's what I'm watching for uh, yeah. when I look uh, when I watch over the broadcast. So yeah. Um, how do you set up your training program for something like Wadapalooza that is an outdoor swim versus a pool swim? Do you give any different, you know, tips, advice? Is it a different way to train for for open water versus uh, pool lane swim? Yeah, absolutely. That's a good question. So because depends where they live, right? If you yeah. live somewhere where you can go open water swimming, yeah, for sure. That's something that uh, you should add to, to your training regime. And we do that. Uh, but you can do a lot in the pool as long as you know uh, what you're, what you're looking for. So obviously leading up to something like Wadapalooza, where there's an open water swim, they'll start to get more, skills like spotting right so seeing mm -hmm. where you're going and how that affects your speed obviously when you lift your head when you swim your hips sink and that could slow your pace and so being very conscious of that right learning to do it in the pool is an appropriate place to do it you don't need to be in the open water to learn to look forward and get your head back down right the only difference is when you're in open water you're like okay i'm gonna actually sight for a buoy um the things I guess that you can't get out of like the pool are the waves that sometimes the chop, right? So depending yeah. on the weather conditions, like this year, I think it was pretty choppy um, from what I saw. So that's something that, you know, would be better if you had access to open water. But for the most part, um, what I try to do leading up to these events, and again, with these elite athletes, we're not really getting too specific with Wadapalooza um, because for them this is just like let's see where we're at in the season uh, I might get more specific with like a CrossFit type swim event leading into the games yeah. but for Wadapalooza it's like continue with like the longer endurance stuff be comfortable right I think comfort is a big thing what most of these athletes don't recognize especially the first time when you go into a, a swim event um, where either it's a mass start or you're jumping into the water with a bunch of other people it's yeah. like the contact right and that yeah. throws everyone off their game the amount of messages i've gotten like in the past and even this like i guess past weekend or two weekends ago at waterpalooza were dang like my i got kicked in the stomach and knocked all the air out of my like uh lungs and then i couldn't focus on putting my head back down right so that's just like building the confidence of mm -hmm. length of swimming and being like, okay, yeah, I'm out of air. That's like a unique feeling to this, especially when I have to put my face in the water, but you can train that. So we do a lot of that where it's like low, uh, short rest intervals with high heart rate stuff. And again, it's just experience, right? Getting more and more opportunities to do uh, actual swim events like that. Yeah. Yeah. When I was training with you, that I think could be the number one thing that improved was my confidence in the water and my ability to just, okay, I can make these little changes here and there as I see fit. My technique might not be like on point, but at least I don't um, kind of freak out when mm -hmm. something goes wrong. Coming exactly. from somebody who's like really never swam before. Right. Especially not properly. Like I like being in the water in that, but no, yeah. never like a proper swim stroke. That was one of the biggest things that um, changed with my time, you know, swimming with you and training with you that yeah. my confidence went way up with how I felt in the water. And it showed when we got, when I got to Wadapalooza because I did it 
three times and I think two with after I trained with you and it made a big difference. No, I, I love hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you talked about Dallin Pepper for a second there. Now Dallin Pepper was super impressive. Top was he fifth or sixth overall? Oh man, I feel bad now. Uh I feel like he was fifth and Phil was sixth. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right there. Yeah. But now Dallin Pepper did that on on like one ankle. Mm-hmm. You said so he blew up his ankle before the swim event. I think it was the Friday night on the stepovers, right? He he tweaked his ankle. Yeah. And then the next event is swim, which is a bunch of kicking, and then run. And they were yeah. running with no shoes on. Right. Right. And um did he have any uh feedback about that or did you give him any any yeah know, it's it's talk that? well <laughs> i saw the, the i saw it in well not like real time on tv when it happened actually yeah. i kind of i'm like oh man he fell and my girlfriend kimmy she was like he rolled his ankle really bad i guess she's like coming from volleyball she like yeah. sees that stuff like that yeah she's like, that was like a 90 degree turn and i'm like no i rolled back i'm like oh no <laughs> and so immediately i messaged his primary coach matt torres yeah. and said hey like how's his ankle and so you know it's really important in that moment to not freak out in, so that's like something that even i didn't message him uh going into the swim event i knew that the team down there would take care of it and tell him everything that he needs to hear and i'm sure that he got like bombarded with messages and concerns about his ankle. And that's the yeah. last thing you want to put in his head going into a like running workout that will have him on a, tr- a salt runner without shoes. So, you know, the only thing that I said uh, was specific to swimming, which was just like, you know, do what you know to do, be confident in the swim, you know, and you can't really say much more than that. Right. It's like almost too late at that point. Uh, if his ankle was really that bad that he couldn't compete, then, you know, the team would tell him, hey, let's like cut it here. But they obviously handled it really well. And yeah, I think he put out posts now about what his ankle actually looked like. And it was massive. And I'm yeah. pretty sure if you were there, like at the event, you you saw that it actually like probably doubled in size. But yeah, he's he he's a guy that faces adversity really well. Uh, yeah, I've seen that firsthand having worked with him in the last year and a half to two years uh with the workouts that i give him you know through heavy weeks they have their swim on thursdays usually and they've built up some heavy fatigue throughout the week and to see how he handles it and his like just mental uh, game and mindset uh i kind of already knew that if he was out there uh the day after he tweaked his ankle he would finish and yeah. that's what happened. And then he messaged me after and we talked about, it. I'm like, man, you had quite the poker face on. I don't think <laughs> many people knew that it was that bad. Yeah. And that's what, that's what champions do, man. They, they just go, they don't let anyone else know that there's blood in the water. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I've heard those stories about other athletes too, that have competed through the games and then, you know, famously <laughs> Matt Frazier's story about his, uh, after falling off the cargo net, how bad his injury was. Yeah. 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 That's, that's the kind of stuff champions do that. You, that's a hundred percent. Right. Well, remember the year Pat like tore his bicep. 
at regionals and was like told by i think yeah uh, um uh what's his name uh i forget the guy's name now the the, the guy medical? that was uh yeah i guess the medical or whatever um uh D- dave sorry dave castro? told him dave castro i couldn't remember dave castro oh yeah <laughs> ted told him oh it's okay come back next year and then he ended up qualifying for the game yeah. that year but that's that's what you do you have to have that mindset yeah, that's the, the some of the stuff that some of these athletes go through that you don't see is is impressive. Right, right. Now you yourself, you've trained for triathlon, you've trained CrossFit, you've trained at a national for swimming. Mm-hmm. How do you combine all of those elements to your approach to swimming and training for swimming? Now, have you changed any of it based on training for CrossFit and training triathlon? and how you give it to your athletes or, or how you approach training for your athletes, or do you keep with a more traditional swim program, um, that you did as a, as a, a competitive swimmer? Yeah, that's, that's so, such a key question. Uh, I guess when I first, you know, the way that I coach CrossFit athletes is probably more based on it's a blend, right? So it's a blend of, of traditional swim coaching, like competitive swimming. Um, and then also triathlon swimming. So because they're going to do mostly like open water swims at these events, and it's rarely in a pool, uh, skills around like the wall aren't maybe as much of a priority. It's good to know. With the Wadproof Pro Experience, you'll get instant access to training programs from some of the best coaches on the planet. From full training programs in the gym and at home, to movement-specific programs for weightlifting, gymnastics, engine, endurance, rowing, and more. We have a program that is designed for your needs, whether you are a beginner or a pro. How to do a flip turn if you can, right? But it's not necessarily going to win a swim in an open water event, right? Mm -hmm. That's like steady speed kind of stuff. So I think being exposed to all of it. Uh, and that's probably why I continue to, you know, train for these various endurance things and like to put myself in different scenarios. So for example, I think I learned a lot about, um, just the fatigue that you carry, uh, from weightlifting to, to swimming, working with you, right. You had coached Mm -hmm. me for a while in, in weightlifting. And I remember, uh, going through, training sessions where you're just like snatching and cleaning and like the fatigue to your like central nervous system from that. And then going into the pool and trying to like train is very different than when you're just swimming. Right. Or if you're just for triathlon, like I did a triathlon this last year and honestly it's, they like all kind of lended their hand to each other because it's very like aerobic. Right. But in CrossFit, it's very different. You're, you're, being exposed to so many different energy systems being like stimulated at different times of the week yeah. and being able to be very, uh, what's the word, just having foresight of what that athlete might be feeling on that day is so important. So w- there's a the theory of it, right? Like mm-hmm. you can study it and say, okay, maybe don't put this type of workout before they're doing this kind of work in the gym. And then there's also, the the practice of it and feeling it on yourself so i I have learned a lot from 
being exposed to those various uh, training uh, regimes. And I think, yeah, they definitely kind of blended together now to, and they're always evolving. So to answer your question, yeah, they're always evolving. Maybe before it was more specific to just, okay, this is what swimmers do. And now it's like, okay, this is what you need as a CrossFitter and what you've done, you know, in your previous sports, like career or like history leading up to this point. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, it does. No. But yeah. Uh, w- one other thing to add to that is I definitely, the one thing that you'll notice, and you probably know this, I spend a lot of time on the technical aspects of swimming when I teach. Yeah. Right. So I think that's so important. Uh, I, and I'm not bashing any other program or anything like that, but I'll, I'll look around and see what other swim uh, swimming programs for CrossFitters or just like functional fitness athletes look like. And it's a lot of just, okay, swim an X amount of distance over and over and over again. And the thing that most people miss on is swimming is so highly technical because of the fact that you're moving through water that creates a lot of resistance if you're not moving well. So even though you can be very fit, you can be very slow because you're so technically poor right so yeah. you're creating a lot of drag and you know crossfitters are not thin 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 individuals <laughs> right they're no. they're wider right big legs that creates a lot of drag so that's where my thoughts are yeah that's one big thing that we spend a lot of time working on and that's actually what made me feel more comfortable in the water because mm-hmm. i'd worked with coaches before and you know I'm, I'm saying this as a as a decent crossfitter but a terrible swimmer and leading up to some of the events, I worked with people and I just didn't understand it. Right. You know, like right. I didn't understand how to move my body, how to manipulate my body, how to, you know, when somebody says kick, you know, I'm just like, oh, okay, got it. Like, yeah. and I'm, I'm just <laughs> flopping around. But it wasn't until we worked on very specific things and it was like, okay, this is all we're doing for this drill set. And it's like snatching or cleaning, right? Like all we're going to do is this set. And then that's the focus. And then the next thing. And then two weeks later, we we went back to that same drill. And okay, there's little tweaks. There's little improvements. But those are the types of things that made me feel more comfortable. And, you know, to this day, if I hop in the water, I'm like, oh, okay. I remember how to do that. Okay, this is where I need to be. This is my positioning. And, that, and that's kind of how I learned. Like, I don't, the previous years before I worked with you, it was like, okay, just, just get over there. And then, yeah. you know, like, don't be too tired and then come back over here and then do that a couple times. And then it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. we're like, now it's like, okay, I can be efficient with what I need to be. And I think that's a big thing that, that goes unnoticed is those drills and, and having somebody with the experience and the expertise to give you proper drills that are based on what you need. And I think what I need was very general. It wasn't very specific. It was like, just, you know, you, you need to learn the basics, buddy. But <laughs> a lot of people do. It's not yeah. just you. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's interesting to see that. And like, even the water entries. So when I was at Wadapalooza, I was actually at the entry point for the water. Mm-hmm. Did they show that on TV? Yeah. I, I, could, I know some athletes know, like I, I screen recorded and I'm like, Yep. Yeah. <laughs> That's a CrossFitter diving in. Mind yeah. you, Dallin sent me his and his one was really pretty. And he's yeah. like, Hey man, I think you'll appreciate this. I actually look like a swimmer. I'm like, yeah, like your dive is good, but you don't look like a swimmer. Your legs are too big. 
I'll I'll send you. I think I have a picture of Dallin going in the water too. I'll, I'll send it to you. Um, yeah. But the uh, there's a couple people like you know like Con Con Porter. He's a swimmer. Yeah. He's been there. Yeah. His he was like the first one in the water for the mm-hmm. teams. Just looking majestic, perfect head position, perfect. And then I saw like you know the, yeah, the yeah. third or fifth team in, and it's just like oh man, I don't know how your goggles are still on. And like yeah, some people yeah, yeah. just plug their nose and jump straight down i saw cannonballs i saw some girls like literally like almost cannonballing they look like they cannonball they like they were running i'm like oh they're gonna dive and then i swear she grabbed her knee and just (laughs) jumped in (laughs) there was a couple (laughs) mind you it is pretty sketchy to dive in when there's a bunch of people in front of you so you know managing that is so important too but you're right it's there's still some of those things that you see in crossfit that it's actually hopeful, right? Like you can see that there still needs to be progress in that. Uh, yeah. And I'm not like a freaking expert in like, you know, weightlifting or gymnastics. I'm sure like gymnasts also watch like the CrossFit games or like CrossFit events and weightlifters are like, oh man, that lift looks so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but it, I feel like at least in those places, it, it is starting to look a lot cleaner and better, especially with these younger athletes. They're yeah. way more consistent. You can see that there's been like that, foundation built in them with them and i mm-hmm. think swimming is slowly getting there as well now yeah i agree with you i think people are taking it more seriously the only difference is the amount of weightlifting and gymnastics versus the amount of swimming in competitive sure. events sure, and i sure. think people definitely bias based on that but hey but people yeah go ahead sorry oh, i was gonna say but people who are at that top level who that's their downfall i'm sure are working on it i know that swimming is getting better when you hear words like okay first off from my athletes um so dallin i think messaged me right off the bat and matt Poulin as well when they saw the swim event they mm-hmm. said dang i wish it was 500 meters which was yeah. like not a thing in the past it's like oh no. thank god it's 250 they're like oh and then i heard rich froning at, at the games as well like or at Wadapalooza, he said, dang, like, I wish it was 400 and not 250. And a lot of people said that because it wasn't uh, in terms of like time domain with Mm -hmm. the row and the run, it was so small and such a short thing. So even with my athletes, I was like, this is a transition, just go and get to the run. That's, that's where it's going to be won or lost. I watched a few swimmers. There was um, one on the teams and I don't know if it was teams RX or teams elite. There was a male who entered the swim, I think it was second last, and finished first off the swim. He was like a former professional swimmer. Yeah, probably. I think. There was, I think and I then on the was. women's side, Michelle uh, Bassinet, I think it is, she entered like almost last and came out of the water like second or third. Yeah, yeah. So there is still that, right? Where you, yeah. you have a huge gap. But it, it is getting better so yeah no i i think that hopefully as things start to like get more um like there's more competitions open like i think right before covid a lot of these uh events were hinting that they would have some events and i i think that will be like dubai's all well actually until this year yeah i always had their some event um but i hope that they keep putting that in because i really do think it's a a really good test uh for just overall athleticism, right? Like what, what they're trying to do. So yeah, hundred percent. Um, so you're working with brute 
Brute's doing something interesting this year, and yeah. they're bringing all their athletes together. And this is like the Young Guns camp. Like, these are all athletes under what, like 22? Yeah, I think so. I think maybe maybe Phil is 23, actually. But yeah, around there. Like young, early 20s, right? Phil's so, that young? Yeah, Phil's 22 or 23. Yeah, he doesn't come off that way, right? Oh, I thought he was, yeah, I thought he was way older. No, no, no. He's like the old one in that camp. And then there's like Emma Carey, who's like 18 or 17. Yeah. So so who's <laughs> going to be at that camp? That Because this is interesting. Right. So pretty much that camp is uh, run by Matt Torres, who's their primary coach and one of the one-on-one coaches for Brute Strength. Mm-hmm. And he's from Naples. He has a CrossFit gym there. I think that he owns or co-owns or whatever. And um, they would always go down there for their camps, uh, all his athletes. And I think after like a few times being down there, they're like, Hey, let's just move out here and train all together all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is all the young guns. So it's Dallin Pepper. He's moved out there. James Sprague. Um, Phil Toon has been out there already for, I think a few months. Um, Emma Carey just moved down there. Uh, then there's another kid that's, up and coming Ethan Tate, I think his name is, but he's younger. Uh, and then that, I think that's it actually. It's not like a massive, it's not all the okay. athletes, but it's yeah, those yeah. young ones. Right. Um, but yeah, it's so exciting to have them all in one place because they definitely are different personalities. Um, where Dallin's really quiet and just like, you know, trains well, but then he flips the switch when he competes. Right. Yeah. Uh, Phil is also like kind of like on the quieter end as well, but he has his own personality. And then there's like James, who's like literally <laughs> the loudest, like just like you know, hype guy. Like we'll get you like but pumped up, man. And yeah. so I, I love that whole dynamic. And then there's Emma, the girl that like whoops the boys. And <laughs> so but they are always saying that they're like, damn, she like whooped us on this last workout. But I think they're doing a really good thing. I I, I know a lot of people are probably questioning, you know is this a good thing right there was like the training think tank um camp that they kind of had there's um what is it called uh there's underdogs in vegas under comp train comp train exactly and so the question is you know is this a good thing to get all these really high level athletes that are constantly like pushing the limits um to be in one place and i really think it's again it goes back to like the roots of of brute which is you know everyone's individualized everyone has their own thing to work on so they're all in one place but they're not working out together like that often they might be in the gym together at the same time but they're not doing the same sessions so even their swimming i've told them like yeah sometimes you'll get to swim together but most of the time you'll be in the same pool but doing different sessions so i think that's really important otherwise you'll just burn out real quick yeah that was kind of going to be my my segue question was like what do you think of these you know i know you're involved with brute so you can't be like this is a terrible idea but (laughs) hey i can't these camps (laughs) like what i can if i want to yeah it's it's not i actually think it's it's a hit like we listen we'll find out right like even as an insider we'll find out we'll find out very quickly but um I think to that point, it's really important to note that, like you said, they're all young. And yeah, when you work with younger athletes, I'm not saying that older athletes don't have it. It's just the responsibility and 
what you have to take on as an athlete is different, right? Uh, mm -hmm. I've worked with older athletes and, you know, life is a little bit different when you're 30 versus when you're 20. Uh, yeah. The responsibilities that come along with it, you know, some of them know that they're approaching the end of their career. So they take on different like opportunities that might not be the greatest for their, you know, competition uh, career uh, at the games. But when you're working with like 20 year olds that are on the up, um, you can do a lot to mold them to, to, you know, take the opportunities they need to take, but also understand that, that there's timing to this thing. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I, I think it'll be an interesting experiment because, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of all these other camps, but I did have a couple of good conversations right. this weekend with coaches about this type of, of thing where, right. you know, like if you, see a lot of other professional sports like take the off season for example they're not necessarily they're not training with their team in that environment for the entirety of the off season right like right. a baseball player like let's just right, say right, right. you know like one of the blue jays he's not with the blue jays from november to february Right. during the off season, he's got a program that he's doing and he's away from the team, you know, but he's not with the guys all year round mm -hmm. and CrossFit's a little bit different because the off seasons are treated very differently than the like professional sports. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how this dynamic kind of ends up playing out. Right. Cause we saw what comp train did this year. We saw what, um, some of the training think tank athletes did and you know was it beneficial to the athletes or did it just beat them up being in that environment you know and it's i think it's very it, it each environment is very different right so you just you know you want the best for your team and you want to do the best thing for your team so it'll be interesting to see like the feedback from this type of a camp especially with these athletes being so young right yeah it's it's again you're right in in a way it is an experiment right we're we're kind of the pioneers to this i mean along with the other ones other teams that are doing the same yeah. but yeah only time will tell right like it's interesting so and everybody everybody's so different with how they're doing it and like you know the hwpo guys are are going to vermont or wherever they are now and like you know, this will be this will be the year of the the training camp, and we'll see what happens. You know, and when August shakes out of 2022, when the games come down to it, like how everything plays out, and you know how healthy athletes are, those kinds of things. Yeah, I th I think that it, it, it. You're so right. It's there's a lot of variables that have to be looked at, but yeah, it's it'll be really exciting to see when you put your athletes through a session are you able to kind of predict performance for an event like like the water event just by what they can perform or how they perform in the the pool sessions like did you know how athletes were going to do or perform or you know did something surprise you after their training mm -hmm. yeah i i am it's a it it really, this is a thing, right? So I, I'm getting better and better at being able to predict uh, 
their performance in those mm -hmm. events. Um, again, if there's a row before and a run after, sometimes that changes the game. But I, I kind of get a good idea of where they're going to be, at least in the water, right? The, the only thing that right now I'm also collecting data all the time. Every time I see the current, let's say the CrossFit roster of top athletes compete, from the mm. games and every single event, I can kind of get touch with them. I'm like, okay, that's what that person, like their swimming capabilities are, right? And I'll, I'll frequently like collect all the data and see what their like paces are per hundred, right? From the whole field. Um, so from that, I'm able to somewhat predict. I knew James would be either, well, I predicted he'd win. He came in yeah. second. Um, but to that point with Matt Poulin, I didn't know that he'd be third. I didn't even know that he like he didn't enter the water first and he caught the front pack so quickly. Um, oh. And we've been, some of the sessions that they do are fairly similar. Mm -hmm. So I base it on that, but you know, I didn't know that Matt would, you know, go guns blazing in the swim and be able to like, hold on. So sometimes it is, you know, a surprise. Uh, but I think for the most part, I, I, I kind of understand where everyone is uh, at. Uh, the rest of the field is and where the athletes that I work with will fall in. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's always one thing because I mean, swim is so specific and it's, it's usually, you know, I mean, it's paired with a row, but I don't think the row, like a two K row or whatever they did really impacted anybody that much. Yeah. No, just watching the packs come out. It was like, everybody was within like 30 seconds of each other getting into the water. I think the row was, <laughs> I think, for me, what I was watching for is those that would be getting into the water sooner were more confident of their swimming. And those that would be getting into water later were maybe questioning how that row would make their swim feel. So that's kind of, but it's like you said, everyone was within like 30 seconds. It wasn't like a huge difference, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, that that is interesting. I think the last time, so the CrossFit Games, I, I I was able to pretty much like with Lazar Jukic, another athlete that I coach, I knew that he was going to come in second. You know, yeah. you know, Yono Koski is a national, ex-national swimmer. He swam like distance events and, you know, we're like, okay, he's probably going to win that event, but you're coming in second. And yeah. I just, from the training we did, like, and th that wasn't a, for sure thing, but I was confident with what he put in because Fikowski is also a really good swimmer. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was, that was a good one where I can predict it. Yeah. Okay. Shout out Lazar. That he seems like a really nice guy. Oh man. I, mean, I met him at the game. And he's... Now do you speak Serbian to him? Yeah. <laughs> so all your, it... all your communications with Lazar Serbian. Uh, some of the swimming technical ones, not so much. I'll speak English because I know swimming in English yeah. very well. In Serbian, I don't maybe know some of the very technical terms, but he his English is like really good. Yeah. Uh, and so when when we're joking around, it's in Serbian because jokes in Serbian are hilarious. <laughs> um, <laughs> no one would understand them, and they would not fly anywhere. Everyone would be like, "Oh my god, that's terrible!" But yeah. like, it's just hilarious to us. And then uh, in English, it's just like the technical stuff. But yeah, that guy is a great guy. Up and cut. Like that guy's going to be around for a while. Yeah. Um, he's great competitor uh and yeah if, 
you you met him he he's just so so chill i i think like a lot of these athletes that's the one thing that you'll find is most of them are down to earth uh off the off the competition floor yeah right so and that that's such a good thing to see you know like right. i think that some of the stardom hasn't hit crossfit right. like it hits other sports because it's a, it's such a small sport when right. you're at an event like you know the the stars are getting mobbed mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then in the airport mm-hmm. you're like oh, who's that guy yeah, yeah nobody yeah. knows who some of these people are walking yeah. through the airport but then at the at the events it's like everybody's stopping them every two seconds right right so i think that helps keep everybody down to earth yeah that's true yeah that i think it's also the crossfit is still very much around community yeah. and so i think the athletes do still respect that and understand that without the community of it you know they don't get to do what they do as well so i love that about the sport as well no that's a good point very good point um so what's next for you what do you got going on coming up here in the next few months um <laughs> it's a, it's a long few months of just no swim competitions i guess for for these athletes right unless yeah they go to i guess like have, nothing has been announced about like west coast classic yet or anything like that uh nothing has been announced as to even what the semifinal events are or where they are right so and honestly if they do it like last year which they probably will where they won't have some events i think the next time you'll see a lot of these athletes get to compete um in a swim event at, at a competition will be at the games right so yeah right now the goal is how many of those athletes uh are gonna you know stamp their ticket i view them were really close last season mm-hmm. and so it would be really nice to have as many of them have a full whole season of competing and hopefully I'll get to go out there to Naples and uh coach them in person a little bit as well so that's that's on the list and you know that that's kind of the plan right now but just building up to that point and that that, that's the that's the goal awesome Nemo thanks so much for joining us uh they can everybody you can find Nemo at the real coach Nemo if you're looking for some swim coaching yeah I think you'll find more on swim yeah, train singer swim. Well, we have more material or like uh, content on swimming, um, but yeah, that that's where you can find us, and you can reach out uh, to us at trainsingerswim.com as well. So we have some programming. Yeah, and you take clients outside of Brute, just so people know. Yes, yes, yes. There's a, a bunch of them actually that even compete at Waterpalooza. So yeah, if you want, you know, individualized programming, just like the elite get, uh, you can look us up at trainsingerswim.com. We have a bunch of different like types of training programs from once a week if you're just getting into the sport or just want maintenance to twice a week to even three times a week and that's like you know those triathlete type athletes more so but you know we have it all and uh yeah you can find all their stuff there awesome nemo thanks so much for joining us it's been a pleasure talking to you it's good catching up and yeah uh, and we'll talk to you soon every training session introduces a series of questions Am I happy with my performance? Where could I have gone faster? When will I be ready to go again? For Wadproof Pro athletes, also this question. What can I learn from that workout? With a Wadproof Pro subscription, you gain access to a complete training toolbox. From a full featured exercise log, to side-by-side comparisons, to the ability to record your heart rate right alongside your rounds and reps. 
you have at your fingertips everything you need to learn, to make progress, and to go into tomorrow's training more prepared than today's. The best athletes are the best students, and with your Wadproof Pro subscription, you will have in your pocket the education you need to elevate your training and uncover the many lessons that every single workout offers you. Subscribe today so you can get better tomorrow.